Hello, and welcome to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Megan Sunday. And I'm Bo North. On this show, we are discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. And this week, we'll be talking about chapter 20, just as soon as we're sure Duncan Idaho is so sobered up enough. Uh, that's putting a, a lot of pressure on poor Duncan. Yeah, he was out. He was, you know, was it three sheets yeah. to the wind, four sheets, eight sheets? I don't know. However many sheets you can have, that's however that's how many he was. He had all uh, of yeah, sheets. he was pretty messed up, and I think Yui, Yui's putting a lot of uh, faith in, in Duncan's ability to sober up quickly. Yeah, seriously. Must be some I, really I, good coffee they serve there. I you couldn't get Gurney in on this, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> man. Just putting all your eggs in that Duncan basket. So we'll start this week as we do. It's a short chapter, and we have a short epigraph from the Princess of Rulin. And it goes a little something like this. Arrakis teaches the attitude of the knife, chopping off what's incomplete and saying, now it's complete because it's ended here. From the collected sayings of Muad'Dib by the Princess Uberlan. Is he just walking <laughs> around the house saying this stuff? <laughs> I mean, that's what I think about my toenails, I guess, but not much else. I Yeah, I mean, I get what it's saying but i don't like it (laughs) as with most of paul's sayings i'm not fond of it i wouldn't call it life advice or anything he's there's a scene this is gonna be such someone's gonna hear this and go yeah (laughs) there's a scene in one of the anne of green gables novels Mm -hmm. rainbow valley (laughs) where one of the characters talks about how she got in trouble because she i think like didn't warn she, they were told like not to interrupt when adults are talking and there was like a visiting preacher staying with them because their father is a preacher and this guy was just sort of standing in front of the fire and just pontificating mm-hmm. and he caught the tails of his coat on fire oh no <laughs> I, they start smoking and he doesn't like they don't say anything at first because they were told not to interrupt so I just I feel like that's what Paul was doing. He's just standing in front of I guess not a fire, but maybe a fire. I mean, <laughs> the deserts yeah. get cold at night. Sure. And just hands behind his back. Here's some sayings. And it's like, <laughs> oh my god. Just waiting for people to write stuff down. Yeah. Well, luckily he's got a ruling around to yeah know, take notes for him. Oh. Uh, we should probably say that you where you are on on the opposite coast there is a hell of a thunderstorm happening Did you right hear that now. yeah <laughs> so for those that hear it in the background it's megan's okay it's just very loud over there so. it's just having itself a time it's yeah that time of year it is i mean you don't know how much you miss having thunderstorms when you don't have them anymore um yes they're inconvenient but they're also pretty cool uh, you just have constant it's that constant rain that the vampires like not really i mean that's kind of a <laughs> climate change is real folks we don't really have that much rain it uh we've actually been in a drought the last oh. couple of years and i mean yes it does rain in the fall like but mm-hmm. during the the spring and summer like not the summer usually nothing it looks like it might rain today but um pretty much just dry for three solid months yeah i think this is i don't know remnants vary i don't know 
I read oh. the I read the weather and then I go like I understand this and then <laughs> I don't at all. Uh, so anyway, on to chapter twenty. It's a really short chapter this <laughs> like week, a page and a half. Yeah, it's it's very brief, but we do have some tweets and things to read at the end. So there's you know more content to come. But just getting into this chapter, we're kind of uh, taking a step back from where we were in the previous chapter with Jessica and Paul already being like on the thropter in the desert, you know, past the shield wall and everything. We're kind of taking a step back to before that happened and we're seeing things from UA's point of view. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Always a thrill. So what's amusing about this to me is that like the guards show up and someone says like you know they kind of tell him where to go and someone looks at him is like oh there's the traitor and he's just like oh, me <laughs> people yeah. will think i'm a traitor it's just you like are. you are my dude and i feel like that's a constant thing in in a lot of like science fiction fantasy and i'm sure in history as well yeah. is that people who do this sort of thing tend to think that they're going to be heroes, but it's mm -hmm. like the other side will take the information that you have, but that doesn't mean they like you <laughs> or respect you. Right. <laughs> like you're not necessarily a hero to them. You're just, they're like, Oh, we can't trust you. And we know that. Is Dr. Yui, uh, is he science fiction's first toady? Oh, I'm sure there were others. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. But he's, he's just so, I I want to feel bad for him. I just, yeah. I feel like this entire plot is so convoluted that... <laughs> it's very soap opera. And you, the number of times that we hear about how much the Atreides hate the Harkonnen, mm. you probably could have just gone to the Duke and said, hey, look, I think maybe my wife is being held hostage by the Harkonnen and the Duke would be like, yeah, like let's take advantage of this. Yeah. Let's do something about this. Like you are part of my, my court, my house. They've maybe got your wife. We'll, we'll figure this out. But instead it's all this subterfuge, all this stuff, whatever it is that they did to like, you know, break his, his conditioning. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just saying it's, it's a tragedy of communication as my yeah. one of my professors described Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Sammy uh, frequently describes it as that former guest Sammy C. Mhm. Mm yeah. I think we have the same syllabus. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's uh it's just very frustrating because there's just so many it's this is not like nobody else likes dislikes a Harkonnen. Mm -hmm. Or or he would have, or if he thought like the emperor was involved, I could see maybe it would be, you know, it would be harder to go to, to the Duke and say, the emperor has my wife. But you are literally in the middle of nothing but people who do anything but discuss how much they hate the Harkonnen. Right. <laughs> I mean, even four by seven. Like, and then you're on a planet where the people on that planet also hate the Harkonnen. Yeah, just say something say hey by the way i really hate them and i think maybe they <laughs> might have been keeping my wife hostage yeah could we uh, do something about that it, <sighs> it really is just like it's kind of pound your head against the wall frustration okay. with this with ua and this whole situation and how this came about and i'm not saying like 
the Atreides were like the best in the world. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing that how it was handled is just. Uh... I did. I recently had to take a, a training on internal internal threats mm -hmm. in the workplace, and they could have used some of that. Yeah. Um, like a nice video. Yeah. About just a film strip. Sure. Um, about how uh, how to tell if someone in your in your department isn't maybe doing great. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some signs. I mean, there were so many signs, so many clues, and people saying, oh, well, it could be him. Just, and, you know, hey, maybe take him out for a cup of spiced coffee and say, how you doing? Yeah. Wellington, how are things? <laughs> well, swelly. How, how are we doing? Who's HR in the yeah, Atreides that's court? That's what I want to know. Who's their HR person? Because they did a shit job. Come on, Jessica. You can do better. It has to be Jessica because, I mean, Lord there's knows no one else much, would be bothered. There's just too much falling back on the status quo. Like, too much of the, like, well, he's, you know, he has the conditioning. Yeah. It's, and and I think that, and I think that's, you know, meant to be, it's a weakness of the entire, mm -hmm. their belief system in that, you know. Yeah. Obviously, it couldn't be him because that can't happen. Well, it, it can. And it did. And it has. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so don't have don't have heroes and don't believe in imperial conditioning right even if you get a fancy ponytail holder out of it yeah, right uh so i guess more about the chapter it's important to note that it you know it is sardaukar yes. in the in the stronghold disguised as harkonnen troops um and the one that comes to get leto is a, a bashar yeah which is kind of like a captain or a high-ranking Sardaukar. Yeah, and the Sardaukar, just, just as a quick, are the Emperor's own troops. Yeah, it's like his elite. The best like of the it, best. Like his secret service, yeah. Uh, ostensibly, no one can go up against them. Wink, mm -hmm. wink, <laughs> hint, hint. And they've, they train on a hostile planet that's not very different from Arrakis. I feel like they're all hostile planets. Have yeah, you heard I about mean, a single planet being nice? I mean, I don't think I'd want to even live on Kaladin because it just sounds like it's, it's always full of rice. raining and just rice and raining water and everywhere. Uh, and obviously not Getty Prime because it's just no. gross. Yeah. And oh god, where I don't remember Ix? where the the emperors are from. Well, no one wants to go to Ix. Right. Uh, the emperors from, well, Seleucus Secundus is his, Secundus is his prison planet. Yeah. I can't remember, and I'm sure it's something very obvious that I'm missing the planet it where is... his like home base is. No, I'm going to feel dumb when I remember it. Right now. No, I'm, come on, you. <laughs> they are on Katan. Oh, okay. Sure. And it was the, the harsh conditions on Seleucus Secundus allow the Karinos yeah. to develop the Sardaukar. Yeah. So they're they're like harsh dudes. Like they're the ones you don't want to cross. They're your Green Berets. Just, you know, stay out of their way and let them do what they came to do. And the picture on the Wikipedia is of uh, the Emperor and Arulin from the miniseries. And she's mm -hmm. wearing a fantastic hat. Awesome. <laughs> I enjoy both of those actors, actually. She went on to do some other stuff that I've seen her in, and he uh, 
is like he was in that uh, horrible Hannibal movie. Yes. Yes. He was that oh, Euro boy. trash police officer. He's uh, got a lot going on. <laughs> and he's been in a lot of stuff, but he's, that's I another one that enjoy should put him things together a little yeah. sooner. <laughs> right. I mean, just maybe. <laughs> Just maybe um, everyone notice that this guy is not who he says he is. Right. Uh, but anyway, yeah. uh, the the Sardaukar officer guy, soldier, he wants to know where the Duke's signet ring is. And Yui's like, he doesn't have it on him. And the guy's like, well, I can see that. Yeah. No, he's, he's real sassy. <laughs> like, But like, at the same time, you could just be like, well, how the fuck should I know? <laughs> You told me to deliver a duke. Here he is. Like, he didn't say anything about his accessories. Right. And he said something about sometimes the duke sends it with the messenger. So that whoever is getting the message knows it's from the duke directly. Which, okay, good quick thinking. But, but it's very the unrealistic. Even then. Yeah, the Sardaukar is <laughs> like, yeah, you must really trust these messengers. Like, uh. yeah. Um, And this is kind of where we get, you know, the guys kind of tying the duke up and uh telling Yue where to go and this is kind of where we get Yue realizing that people see him as a traitor yeah and understanding that like this is how he's going to go down in history and maybe it's not a great thing and they set all the trees on fire which is inappropriate like come all on. those date palms they set them on fire it says they set them on fire to illuminate the house like get some lights Aw, man. Get, bring some lights with you guys. What, what is that about? He yeah. has a laser gun, too. So we've what did that tree ever do to you? Yeah. And he's just, yeah, so there's just a lot of morose thinking. It's just mm -hmm. like, oh, well. Yeah, Yui has to get the ornithopter, like, ready for Jessica and Paul. So, like, you know, putting the, the ring and everything under the seat and loosening the belt buckle and all the stuff that we already know from the previous chapter. He does mention at this point that he has told Duncan Idaho to go to the Thopter and then to save Jessica and Paul. And he worries that if he doesn't like, wait or if he doesn't trust UA's plan, mm -hmm. that it might all just be for nothing. Yeah. Um, well, then maybe don't put all of your hopes into a guy. Yeah. Diversify is what I want to say here. Like diversify, delegate, get Gurney on this. Like, you know, Gurney can be trusted. Just Every, like of all people and I, I'm assuming he told him this whilst he was like putting him down for the night like he's You're tucking right. him in and whispering this to him it's like <laughs> this is not the way to make a plan yeah but the whole time you always thinking oh soon all you know the Baron's gonna get it he thinks he's so great there's a tooth with his name on it <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, man, you have a one-track mind. I also just like the little references to the fact that the Sardaukar are this elite fighting force, uh -huh. but they have no subtlety. None. Like when the first when the first guy comes in to talk to him, he skids around the corner, so he's running, I guess, mm -hmm. in his shiny boots, and he Yui can see them searching the house and they're just like smashing stuff and knocking stuff down and I mean I guess they, they don't have to be secretive necessarily but it's just like wow this is really elite yeah like, <laughs> stealth Yui's also really putting a lot of faith in his ability to look at the Baron and know if he's telling the truth about Wana 
And I think that that's just not a good Now, do you think that he really knows, but, like, he's just kind of lying to himself? Yes. Yeah. It has to be. I mean, that's what I think. Otherwise, Jesus, dude. Because I think that if... I wouldn't put it past the Baron to, you know, mm-hmm. kidnap someone's wife and keep her in horrible torture for years. <laughs> but I I think he would have made it more obvious than whatever little hints that they gave UA in order to do this. Because we don't really get a lot of the information. There's just a lot of, yeah, we told him we had his wife, but they don't say how or right. how this happened or where. Um, but yeah, I, why would you trust anything the Baron ever said? <laughs> That's he the thing. doesn't trust things the baron says and it's he's the like, baron's golden boy historically you should know this oh i thought doctors were supposed to be smart what's he a doctor of anyway <laughs> everything yeah i guess pill, what is what does duncan call him splint and pill man like what are you a doctor <laughs> of Tell I me. mean, he does say, seem to give everyone like a lot of stimulants. He's just it's shooting just people up with pills and, and cocaine. Stimulants. Yeah, yeah, like twenty four seven. He's just like that. Um, he's I've, Polidori. He's that guy. Yeah, let's <laughs> all hang out at this house. Um, he's that doctor from that really weird Mad Men when Dawn is like hanging out with the European, yes. the Euro trash. Yeah, he's just that guy that shows up and is like, "Don't worry about this. I'll give him a shot." <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or that other guy who shows up and gives everyone acid. Remember that one episode is about. That's a fabulous <laughs> episode of television. I'm not gonna lie. When Ken tap dances, <laughs> it's just the best. Oh, Mad Men. <laughs> the um, tone is just as important as the timbre. So good <laughs> uh but yeah I, so really dude like and he knows everyone's personal information so that he can yeah. drug them i guess uh and he is also apparently a dentist because <laughs> yeah. he gave the duke he's that Leo's initial <laughs> <laughs> he's he a pretty good, he's a pretty good doctor and a pretty good dentist <laughs> i he has to tell you he cannot personally get you pregnant <laughs> However, he is. That's who he is. He is it's... the Dr. Leo Spaceman of space. He was at a par- costume party and he had to kill his host dog. <laughs> oh, God. That's, uh... Yeah, because these, these catch-all doctors, and I always mm-hmm. they always do that in, in the future. You, yeah. You no one has a specialty. Everyone is just a doctor because I guess medicine, you know, technology has come so far that you don't have yeah. to specifically it's all know anything. Unified now. There's no there's no gastroenterologist. What anymore. is Beverly Crusher's specialty? Oh god, good question. I mean, besides fucking ghosts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Single motherhood. Aerobics. Was that a specialty though, really? Uh, I mean, considering Wes dropped out and... Oh, yeah. Buying sweaters for her son. Uh, (laughs) What was McCoy's specialty? Nothing. (laughs) Really? Just racism? Racism and, like, going to meet his ex-girlfriends on on planets. Yeah. (laughs) But really, she's a goo person. (laughs) Um... I'm trying to think of other famous space doctors. Um, was there any doctors in Star Wars? No. There's, There's that. Robot. 
Lobot's everything. Lobot's seen some shit. Yeah. We've discussed this. Lobot has seen it all. Yeah. Um, the one that, the guy that gives Luke his fake hand, I guess. Yeah. That, and for some reason, I thought that was Lobot. No, that's not Lobot. All right. Um, oh, the guy from Battlestar Galactica. <gasps> Doc Coddle. No, Doc like... Coddle is the one. Wait, is Coddle from Galactica or am I misremembering Deadwood? Are they both Doc Coddle? <laughs> no, because isn't the doctor from Deadwood <laughs> Peter DeVeers? Yes, it is. <laughs> Brad Dourif. I know. They're everywhere. So good. No, that's Doc Cochran. Yeah. Doc Cottle is, is BSG. Yeah. Is BSG. God, he was so good, too. He was. He was Loved great. him. Best he, character. He definitely, but that I think is kind of different because I bet he did have a specialty, but what was he supposed to do? Right. Like, they were kind of limited. Right. What, are people going to go to Baltar? <laughs> right. He was a doctor. Uh, no, thank you. You're not poking me. Well, uh, Anyway, talk, <laughs> speaking that's of traitors, um, neither here nor there. That is neither here nor there. That's a different podcast altogether. Now that's an interesting thought, though. Like speaking of traitors, so so Baltar and Yui are both doctors and traitors. They both have a great head of hair. True. <laughs> True. Um, I don't. They're I, both I guess... pining for women that yeah, aren't there. That's what I was yes. about to say. Oh my god, <gasps> Megan! <laughs> Do you think they based Baltar on Dr. Ewing? <laughs> Someone get Ronald D. Moore on the phone. Oh my god. <laughs> I know you're really busy with, with Outlander right now. However. Yeah, we need to talk about this. questions for you. Because <laughs> it's not from the original. Because in the original he was like a count or something. Right. I mean, and he was just kind of a yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. Which I mean, that's just short guys. Baltar for... tried, but was not very successful at any much of anything. No. No. He was really good at <laughs> fucking up. I will and give you fucking. that. Yeah. <laughs> and covering up his his accent. Yeah. 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 True. True. Because he had that fake fake accent. <laughs> um. Because he was not really from. Africa or wherever he pretended to be from. Right. I forget where people were from. Unless you're from like Geminon or Toron. Wasn't he so, from Pycon, wasn't he? Yeah, that was it. He was from yeah. Pycon. He was a farmer. He knows about farming. Yeah. Aw, that part makes oh. me a little emotional. Anyway. Anyway. So, that, I mean, that is pretty much also, the again, chapter. No, no robots. No technology. Yeah. Set it in the sun. Right. <laughs> uh that's pretty much the chapter though that is the chapter because it's a page and a half it's really it's literally nothing but as i said we do have some questions from questions i'm from twitter oh but before getting all up in this baltar yeah like crossover connection it's really blow like i'm still kind of reeling from this like we were making like a pie chart or like a graph it would just really just in the middle I mean, I might just have to make a Venn diagram. Yeah. That's yeah. the word I was thinking of. I know things. I know <sighs> about diagrams. This is so good. Like, this is groundbreaking, Megan. <laughs> I think this is. This is groundbreaking pop culture research. <laughs> so we do have some good, good tweets uh, to read to you guys. There are some questions to ask that are 
re- listeners have uh, posed to us, so let yes. me just see if I can pull one up here. Do, do, do. Okay. This one comes from James D. You're tasked with writing a new Dune novel. What do you call it? Uh, Sandworms of Dune, and it's about a sandworm. But isn't there already a sandworm? Yeah, but of this Dune? one is just—it's sandworm of Dune, and it's oh. sand, it's his story. He's he's writing it himself. <laughs> How shy mood story? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> sandworm a Dune story. Um, you know, I feel like <laughs> I really like the way the latter books were like blank of Dune, mm-hmm. like Heretics of Dune, Chapter House. Dune. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Just monsters of Dune. I don't know. Cause we're yeah. This I'm reading... the thing is, is that you completely leave Dune behind in the last book. Yeah, I'm reading the Wikipedia entry for Sandworms of Dune, and it's not mm-hmm. what I would want. So I say no to it. It's still, <laughs> yeah. We're starting back in the freaking no ship. No. Yeah. I do not want to have to think about Daniel and Marty. Right. Those are issues for another day, friends. Oh, there's like 800 goal. Okay, this is I can't. I can't. Nope, we're double. Too this. many goalas. Too many goalas. Too many goalas of Dune. Goalas. Okay. Um. <laughs> next question. Too many goalas of Dune would be my answer. There so you go. thank you for your question, James. Moving on. This question is from Linda B. And she wants to know, she had a couple, she wants to know, what do you think Frank Herbert really thought about women, goddesses, slash whores? Discuss. Uh, I mean... I think it's... back. I think that's the... Yeah, that's, there's God. your answer. Um, <laughs> God speaking up saying, uh, misogyny. No. Um, I don't know. I... <laughs> It's pretty much there in the text, like useful but not important. I feel, I do think that he probably thought that mm-hmm. he was writing really exceptional characters. I mean, Jessica is a great character, but I mean, she, I think he thought that this was like, yeah, like this is groundbreaking. But she's like, the old, like one of the few. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like, okay, early in the books, there are good, strong female characters in these books. Like, there's Chaney, who is a great character. Mm -hmm. Um, Jessica is amazing. I mean, even, you know, later on, there are characters. But I feel like in the latter books, it's a lot more female-centric. Yes. (laughs) Like, a lot more, and I think maybe... But... But is it, I don't want to say, like, does it have to be a flattering depiction? Or is it women I mean, that have their own agency and their own, like, agendas and things like that? I think that is the issue. I think that is always the issue with that kind of of question is that, yeah. you know, I do think that there is a tendency of people to say, well, if you're going to have this representation, it should always be positive, which I think isn't fair either. You know, if right. there's going to be a character... um. I mean, and, and I think that that does come back to what we've talked about in the past with, like, villain portrayals. It's like, if you're always going to say that, like, oh, the, like a fat person is the villain, it's like, then mm-hmm. you should also have a fat person who is the hero or the heroine. Right. Uh, but 
also vice versa. I mean, I don't, I think writing a really excellent female villain is always is great and a lot of fun. And I think when it's done really well, um, I'm thinking of like Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. like Kate Blanchett. That is, that's a great villain. And that's oh, like yeah. a great female villain. And I think that it doesn't make it any lesser, like she's still a really good threat. She's, you know, kicking all the guys' asses. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did But she's balanced with, yeah. Val, with Val, with Valkyrie. Um, so I, I do think that the issue that comes up for me a lot with Dune is that I do think, especially when we get into the later books, when there's, when we've discussed, you know, the fuck fighting. Yeah. It is this kind of idea of, oh, we'll see, these are, you know, strong women making their own choices, but it's like, yeah, but they're also ultimately shown to be kind of incorrect. And one of them literally gets fucked into submission yeah. by a guy. Yeah. By a man. Mm-hmm. Whom we all know, but we will get into that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like that, and then that to me is sort of like, well, and I mean, but like I'm reading here because I'd read this before and it's like Jessica was modeled after Frank Herbert's wife. So, I mean, like that in and of itself, I think would want it to make it, you know, uh, well, she must have been an awesome lady, but that's what I'm, I'm reading. Brian Herbert time- talking about his mother and it sounds like she was a pretty awesome but at the same time, it's just like, then why do you have like this kid like constantly treating her yeah. like shit? Is that Brian? <laughs> Sorry, Mouth- Brian Herbert. I don't think you were even alive necessarily right. when this was like written. mouthing off to her and just, you know. Yeah, being and that just- becomes the issue is that like in and of itself, it's like I can see a lot of the positive aspects where you could, I've, you know, yeah. say like- my wife was a strong woman and she was, you know, uh, a positive influence on on me or a helper you know yeah and but then on the same but on, yeah on the same page it's like but then there's literal but the male characters where people are, are diminishing like, her yeah they're like diminishing her is the thing it's like the actions of the male characters and like the story itself like diminishes all these female characters like good or bad yeah you know on either side so i think you know with all things complicated i think he tried i think that these books are definitely a product of the time in which it was written. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, women's lib was just on the cusp. You know, it was just almost there, um, but not quite there yet. And that's definitely reflected in, in this writing. And and I think like maybe the later books are written later after sort of that kind of sea change with women going back to work and being, you know, having their own, purpose their own agenda their own careers you know Mm -hmm. being there you know not needing to rely on men for support like that was important and i think like that is kind of reflected but again like herbert was a man of his time and you're gonna see that in his writing yeah and i mean and i guess part of the issue always comes i think with something like with the benny jesuit you say like well it's it's amazing that you have this this you know, sisterhood, this mm-hmm. group that's all women. Yeah. And they're moving things behind the scenes. But yeah, they're fucking awesome. But the text ultimately shits on them. The text shits on them. And ultimately, they're not correct. Yeah. You know, they're they're wrong. And, and who proves them wrong? Men. Right. And that, you know, become, that becomes the thing to me where it's like, you know, obviously, I don't think that just because you have 
a group of women that they should have to be positive or they should have to win just to make it, you know, balanced or no, I don't think yeah. that that's not um, necessarily the case either. But it just once you get to, ooh, it's this amazing sister. Oh, but they ultimately aren't correct. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jessica is this amazing, strong character who's consistently put down by yeah. male characters. And even later on, I mean, are we ever given a good reason why we can't have a god empress of Dune? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's there... literally two. Yeah. We got one of each. You could have picked. Seriously. Um, what a fascinating... Okay, that would have been fa- a fascinating, like, uh, development. And I might just be biased because I may or may not have ever posted a picture of myself on the internet in a sleeping bag and <laughs> titled it God Empress of Dune. Um, you might be biased. I'll try it. <laughs> it was a funny picture. Uh, yeah, so I I don't know. And I mean, and that's something that always struck me as a, as a kid because, you know, as a child who read a lot of sci-fi and fantasy there were mm-hmm. definitely points where I thought, oh, why couldn't this character have been a girl? Right. You know, can we get a girl in this? Like Seriously. I, I yeah. And nope. Agree a hundred percent. So it you read it and you're just like, Oh, this is great. Like these characters are doing stuff and then it's like, Oh, but then they're not. Yeah. It, it, he could have done better by them, is what yes. I, I think. Yeah, I, no, I think I, that's yeah. I don't necessarily see a goddess slash whore dichotomy there. Um, no, I think because, they do what they have to do, which yeah, is different to me. Yeah, it, it is because I, it's not like you have Irulan being like this perfect, you know, if, if it was that, if he was doing the whole goddess whore thing, like Irulan would have been, not been as flawed a character mm-hmm. as she proves to be later. And a character like Cheney, say, might have been a little less good than how what she proves to be later. So, I don't know. I mean, I, fi- I feel like he was trying to write complex female characters. And, you know, for the most part, like, he wrote, he wrote good female characters. But then, like, what the actions that the story takes against them or or the fact that they don't really ever sort of rise above just being like the wife or the mother or you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's frustrating yeah. so that's my answer yep thank you for your question though it was a good one no it was but that's yeah it's just that's a tricky uh, okay, so moving on, I'm super excited about this question because it comes from our good friends at Dune Read Through. They're basically Yay. doing what we're doing uh, on Twitter. They're just tweeting out a line of Dune every tweet. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. If you you could follow us there, follow them, follow us here, follow them there. But um, so they wanted to know. They say Rulin must have gotten a bit bored writing all those stuffy histories. <laughs> Well, she had to do something. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that there are some fiction slash alt universe type short stories out there waiting to be discovered? What would the writing out your feelings journaling focus on most? I assume we're we're talking about Irulan writing <laughs> fiction she or writing a lot of a, fanfic about her like, Paul. <laughs> Sexy fanfic. I mean, you could do better, girl. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. Or the or if she had a writing your feelings journal, which that's that is a part that really like that really burns my biscuits. Mm-hmm. Is there is a scene in Children of Dune, or is it mm-hmm. Doom Messiah? I don't remember Doom Messiah, maybe. 
where yeah it would have to be Dubuisat, um where she confronts paul and is like i want to have a baby yeah and we kind of have to sleep together for that to happen and i'm pretty sure she says like or i could just go sleep with someone else and like who's gonna say it's not your baby and he's right. basically like you could have sex with whoever you want but if you have like a kid then you know i'm gonna banish you or kill you, whatever and it's just like dude you're such an <laughs> yeah i mean if you're not gonna it's give her some her fault i mean there's stuff that she does that is not great we aren't to that yet but as i've put yeah. out in the past it does chafe at me that we are as much as i love her meant to like applaud jessica going against the benny jesuit training but also the stuff mm-hmm. that she does that's part of it but then when Rulin is just doing what she's told, which is, you know, just because the first person to have ever not done that, we're supposed to go, oh, boo. Like, yeah. You know, because there are worse things she could have done. I mean, there's stuff that I think is just from the maybe some of it's just the prequels. But I mean, mm-hmm. you do hear tales of the Betty Jesuit where like she could have just murdered Johnny. Like, yeah. <laughs> she could have. Yeah. I mean, and she wouldn't because, you know, she didn't want to bring that down on her from Paul. But it's like, yeah, she's Benny Jesuit. They do stuff. Yeah. That's. (laughs) Yeah, they They, have. That should be the tagline of that show. They have an agenda. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think she. I mean, I would say realistically, as you know, talking about a fictional character, probably all she did was just write these like glowing things. Um, Do you think it was in an effort to get Paul's attention? Because again, know because... this goes back to the last question of like female characters just being treated like shit. I don't think, I think there's a specific line after, spoiler alert, Paul's mm-hmm. death. Then I think there's a specific line where somebody, I think Jessica maybe, is saying how now Rulin says that she loved Paul. And that she, like, never realized it until he was dead. That she actually really loved him. So I I think that a lot of it might have just been that she was, I mean, we do learn at the very end of this book that, you know, she likes reading and she likes writing histories because Jessica gets a little snotty about it. Yeah. Um, But... So I don't know if it was necessarily to get Paul's attention as it was just to ensure that she also had a place. Yeah. You know, that she was putting That her, she would be remembered. Yeah, that she was yeah. going to be in, like, you know, to steal from Hamilton in the narrative. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like, I, I think that it was mostly for that. And then I, because I don't know, I'm sure there's a timeline somewhere of like, when she was writing some of this. I, I imagine post-Paul. It got a lot mm-hmm. more glowy and, oh, my God, you're so amazing. I mean, that's a good point. She could have written a lot of these after he was not around anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, during, I mean, she was, I guess, like, you know, technically a consort or I don't know if she was empress necessarily. I think she was, you know, but uh, I'm sure she had other stuff to do mm-hmm. in in as far as that was concerned because I don't there's never a situation I don't think where Paul was ever like taking away her position as that because I mean Chani wouldn't have wanted to be any kind of like official person no. she you know but I, I'm sure Arulin had you know, I don't know, committees and 
you know, yeah. stuff that she had to do. Things that she was in charge of. And she was also, you know, in an advisory position because if nothing, I mean, she was the one raised in that kind of, you know, imperial household. Yeah, as, she know. was teaching him how to be a leader. Yeah, I mean, Paul had no friends and a fish she was She was doing her best. I'll just say that. <laughs> uh Okay. Yeah. Good question. Thank you. Doing but I bet through. there was, you know, at some point she was like, just, you know, I bet she wrote. I'm sure there's got to be a diary one, somewhere where she was one just diary like, fuck this some, guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. a princess. Some, he some, can't treat me this way. You know, some dreamy uh, musings Could on be. his little, tiny little self. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say. No, 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 no. I don't know. No, I thought you were going to say his nipple blinds and I was going to (laughs) scold you. He doesn't. Oh, boy. Those nipple blinds. threatening me for that Kyle McLaughlin picture. (laughs) Well, and that I think becomes the situation because let's all be honest. At the end of the day, how long are you going to be married to Kyle McLaughlin and like put up with this each and every day and he's not? I mean, look what happened on Sex in the City. Yeah, for real. You end up kissing the gardener. Yep. <laughs> and having a horrible mother-in-law. This is still the same character. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Charlotte are... is a ruler. <laughs> oh, my God. We are on a roll today. <laughs> <laughs> so should we move on to the next question? Yes. Okay. Uh, this one comes from Zach. Uh, Zach says, and this is more related to the franchise, it has already been said that video games, board games, movies, TV, and comics were all in the works for the franchise. Do you think all of them need to be hits for it to become a new hit franchise? Or what do you think the future of Dune looks like? I mean, I'll, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. I do think that that the they were very smart to cast the people that they cast. Because I feel like there are enough people that are going to draw audiences for this incredibly weird, yeah, <laughs> weird story. Uh, whether or not it is a success after the fact, I, I feel like it will have a good opening. Uh, you know, will it be a blockbuster? I don't know. But I feel like it's enough to get people kind of excited, the cast alone. Um, but like, will people still want to have anything to do with it after the movie. I can't speak to that because like we've said many times, Dune is just really fucking weird. It is very weird. And it's not really accessible for everybody. I mean, so, and also in terms of, of all the like accompanying stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not super into, like, I'm not, like, I don't have my, like, finger on the pulse of of what is necessarily popular with stuff anymore. Like, when we were young, it was always, like, action figures. Yeah. And and stuff like that. And, I mean, I don't, like, I think that that's mostly just, like, sort of collectible things now. I mean, they still make action figures, but I don't hear about them as much. Yeah. You know? Um, Pop vinyls, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. It's, like... You know, a good I dunk in Idaho pop vinyl. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, things like that. But I don't know how much that like sort of makes or breaks a, this concept. Like if all those things have to be hits necessarily. Because like I know yeah. there's like with, 
like I know it's not your favorite, but like with Game of Thrones, there's mm-hmm. you know board games and yeah, yeah, video games and apps tie-ins. and you know I think all that stuff definitely helps because I think that that does get people interested in properties that they might not necessarily know a ton about. Like I know I've known people who've seen you know Star Wars once, but they've played a ton of the games because they yeah. like, they like playing games more than they like watching movies. Sure. Um, but I, I don't, the only just... thing I can think of that's had such a major, like product tie in success story, mm-hmm. um, even more so than game of Thrones, I would say either the Avengers yeah, like that franchise has done very well with like product tie ins and then, um, stranger things. Because they've yes. been really smart about their marketing and tie ins and things like that. Like Steve Pillow. I'm, yeah, Steve Billow, give me one. Uh, I don't know. I just, I think that if you, but it would be hard to do that for Dune. I feel like Dune is so niche. It's so specific. It would be difficult, I think, to really have a lot. Maybe board games, I definitely see that yeah. being something successful. Um, the television show, I'm hopeful about those. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fingers crossed. Because I, I'm in a weird position because there's a part of me that's sort of like, do I want to go to the t-shirt section at Target and mm-hmm. see a ton of Dune t-shirts? And part of right. me is like, eh, and part of me is like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Give them to me immediately. Give me a pillow with... Duncan Ida, Duncan, babe. I don't want a Duncan Ida pillow. I don't <laughs> like Duncan Ida. I do. Um, You're such a liar. <laughs> I, I am. Um... Yeah, and it's, if nothing else, I would love, and this is just me personally, I enjoy a more random tie-in, like, whenever mm-hmm. anyone's, like, themed nail polish, that's, yeah. like, that speaks to me. Like, I have all the Bond nail polishes, mm-hmm. and that, I mean, come on, oh, yeah. James Bond nail polish, but I've got them. Right you know, before <laughs> this last season of Game of Thrones came out, actually, and I think we've actually discussed it on the show, like, there was a ton of like urban decay had a whole line of makeup mm-hmm. for the called dracaris that was you know for like to tie into game of thrones like there are certain things that i feel like would tie in really well but just i don't know and because this isn't really my area of expertise yeah. but i feel like it's something that's constantly changing as the mm-hmm. as the age of people that are buying these things changes exactly. like exactly like the younger generation like obviously prioritizes things differently than than gen x did or even you know before us so i I don't know there are things that i would buy that like my younger brother would be like i'm not buying that trash yeah and i mean i guess for me too it's that i compare it i i would say to lord of the rings Mm -hmm. which was i mean for all you know it before those movies came out, that was that was niche, mm-hmm. um, and it's that's one of the things that I think you know movies made it really awesome, and that people who have never have never read those books can still have a conversation with you about the plot lines and the characters and everything yeah. like that because they've seen these these really well done intricate movies, and. But I'm thinking about all the stuff that came out then, and I really do feel like a lot of the things that they were really going for, I think there were action figures and stuff. I don't recall mm-hmm. them being super popular, but yeah. you know, posters and, <laughs> you know, prints 
and tie in, you know, novel covers and that sort of thing. I think we're going to see a lot of like. There's a lot of Timothy Chalamet on books. I was going to say like we're going to see a lot of like the simplified sort of modern poster takes on Etsy. (laughs) Like we'll see a lot of that stuff. And I, I mean, that stuff's already out there now, but I feel like it'll probably explode around then. So, because you just, I mean, I guess there is always the worry, and we hope that this isn't the case. But I mean, I guess there is always the worry that this is going to be like a dark tower situation where <laughs> people are very excited and it's very niche, and then all of a sudden it's like. I just feel, and, and we'll get into this more when we discuss the Dark Tower, yes. but when you look at, like, whose hands that was in versus whose hands this is in. No, that's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like, it, if nothing else, like, the studio and Dennis Villanueva, like, they're competent and they know what they're doing. And oh, Did you see that thing today about him telling Batista to dream about the character. Yes. Oh my gosh. Bless his heart. Dream about the Beast Raban? No. <laughs> no thanks. But he did have some very glowing things to say about Batista. No, and that's that's <laughs> great. It's I like it when actors and, and directors are into the properties that they're doing because yeah. it is a little disappointing. As much as I know it's just a job, it's a little disappointing when you do get, you know, somebody asks Harrison Ford a question about Han Solo and he's like, I could not care. He really doesn't. He's he just really there. doesn't. He's just doing a job. He's there to get paid. You but know? I think he's about my level for that. I'm sort of just like, he's allowed to do that. Yeah. Everyone else pretend, at least pretend like you care, you know, act like, you know. I mean, Josh Brolin was giving us a lot of like really feeling it. And... So I'm I'm here for a director saying like really get into your character like tell yeah. me like what you think but it was just this idea of all characters of someone playing the beast or man and then being like go dream just tell me what you dream about this character like I don't know I'm killing people yeah <laughs> I'm wretched I I don't I don't know what you want from me my dude no one no one likes me and not even my uncle yeah I'm like, really gross. Eh. <laughs> that's of all characters. I was really thinking if he had said that to Timothy Chalamet, I'd be like, oh, okay. I'm like, what do you dream about the Beast of Ban? What? Um, and well, I do have to say on the sense of just humorous Dune takes that I've seen this week, the Christian Bale jokes about him playing a sandworm are funnier than the Scarlett Johansson ones. Mm-hmm. So I just want to put that out there for everyone. Like, eh, it was done. Yeah. Uh, she can play a date palm. Right. <laughs> oh, Lord, Scarlet. Uh, <laughs> so that was a good question. I it think. was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I part know. of me wants all the stuff. Like, please, yeah, I, can I get I, a plush sandworm? I do. But at arms? the same time, like, I hate, like, I really. I'm getting to the point in my life where I don't like fan nerdy stuff hanging on my walls anymore. Like I used to have a giant Aragorn poster hanging on my wall. Now, I mean, I still have it because I would never throw that beautiful mug away, but (laughs) it's not hanging up anymore. I I think like now the only like fan stuff I have is I have a poster from when I saw We Hate Movies and a Mm -hmm. voodoo donut print. And that's about it. (laughs) Like those are the, the... those are my two fandoms. 
yeah, my house is sort of, but we're grown up. Fam- I mean, we, we, we frame our posters. So that means we're grown ups. Yeah. Grown I up mean, parents. yeah, it's, fr- it's, they're framed, but I, I, like I said, like part of me, like I love all this stuff and I want, like right now someone just posted a picture of like the, two, like two pop Funko pop vinyls from uh, Jeff Goldblum's character in Independence Day and then the Independence Day resurgent. So like one's obviously aged mm-hmm. <laughs> a bit and I'm like, ah, but I just like, I just got rid of all of my pop vinyls because I'm just like, these are just hunks of plastic taking up room in my house and it's driving me crazy. Well, so I think I'm just that level of yeah. old now. Mm-hmm. I'm just old. I don't know. I'm old. Ask someone that's under 40 and they'll probably give you a better answer. I mean, I I would probably, yeah. I mean, if there's like I don't need any like more pop vinyls or anything in my life, but if there are like the cool yeah like you said like the the cool pared down etsy sort of things i'm very into those like that's a lot of our that's Mm -hmm. a lot of our like geek art is just like if someone's looking at it they might not necessarily know what it is Mm -hmm. but then i also have a poster in my living room that's all bond villains so i maybe shouldn't be doing any like (laughs) home decorating specials well it's your space and you can do whatever you have that we have a frizetta so i mean it's like wherever you look there's just something (laughs) (laughs) at least that one's got you know abs and boobs and stuff it's a frizetta sure (laughs) (laughs) it's john carter that's okay it's classy as literature yeah So I think that pretty much does it. We did get a new review, but it was just a rating. Um, and it was five stars. So thank you, whoever left that. Yeah, no, uh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we'll be back next week with a, a chunkier chapter. Well, a little more to talk about uh, in the meantime. We'd love to hear from you, your experiences reading Dune. If you have questions for us, we love getting questions. You can uh, hit us up on Twitter, on our Facebook page. Uh, we're at Weirding Pod. I think both places uh, are emailed weirdingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram. Like you can find us pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, send us your covers, your fan art. Please. Tell us any other space doctors that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, who else have we forgotten? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's somebody. Oh, I'm a positive I'm forgetting someone. It's going to drive me nuts. So <laughs> there's my day. <laughs> Just wake yeah. up in the middle of the night. No, I'm going to spend the rest of my afternoon looking this up. And before anyone decides that they're going to be funny, the doctor is not a doctor. Yeah, no. So, come on. Come on. So the poll ended. We had a poll on Twitter. Do we want to let Billy and Brian take over for an episode? (laughs) And 70, like 78% of you voted yes. Like, we would love (laughs) to make this happen. In practicality, I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. See what, maybe during the break we can have them. They're not going to talk Dune. about Dune. They're yeah. going to talk about everything else. My husband has never read Dune, so he he's seen the movie. But I mean, maybe we can make them watch the make him watch the miniseries, and they could talk about that. Yeah. Something like that. Because if we just let them loose, who knows? I mean, you guys don't like... I mean, mean, people do. But, I mean, you wonder about digressions. Like... Yeah. I mean, do you want to know everything there is to know about Magic the Gathering and World of Warcraft? Because my husband has you covered. 
Wheel of Time. Yeah, yeah, both of them with that. Yeah, like that's these are different he, podcasts. I think Stephen Colbert might be the only person that knows more about Lord of the Rings than Brian. Honestly, <laughs> like he's read the Silmarillion so many times. That's and... gonna be a really weird series. I feel like there's definitely parts of that that someone needs to go back and reread, and they're gonna go, "Oh dear." Oh yeah, they're making a series out of that, are they? They were. I I haven't heard about it in a while, but yeah. it was. Yeah, they were going to. Maybe they read it and were like, "Hmm, this is dry. This is real dry." <laughs> do we have to do this one where the guy marries his sister by accident? Yeah, that's me. Maybe we should leave that to Lifetime. <laughs> that's a real that's your that's more your area of expertise hey, i just met with all your vc andrew stuff not that you married your brother oh uh, no god <laughs> oh anyway i think we've gone off the rails we've talked long enough um so and yeah no one marries their brother dune for a while yeah it takes for a while, while. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a good place to stop thanks yep. everyone goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> oh my what a silly episode yes <laughs>